Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. So today we're going to talk about how to always produce results even when you feel unmotivated. So what that means is we are going to be doing a deep dive today in the 80-20 rule. Um, I'm going to fill you in on what the 80-20 rule is if you haven't heard about it before. And then I'll wrap everything up with the journal prompts that I have crafted for you to help you kind of put this into practice in your own life so that you can get your own version of tangible results, not just examples from me. So let's dive right in. All right. If you have not heard about the 80-20 rule, let me give you kind of like a high overview of it. Um, If you want to dive into the 80-20 rule more after this podcast episode, go over to the website margastevens.co, look for episode number 30, and you will be able to find the links for the books that I recommend on diving deeper into the 80-20 rule. Um, I've read them a couple times. I love them. Uh, Otherwise, I wouldn't be recommending them. But let's do like a high overview um, just to kind of roll into this episode. So let's say you are trying to hit a specific goal for work, right? You're wanting a promotion. Well, what I would recommend is I would say, okay, as your coach, if you're wanting that promotion, for, you know, you're a junior annulist and now you want to be a senior analyst. What are the top three things that you have to do that make you stand apart so that your boss and your coworkers can recognize that you are ready to move to senior annual analyst mode? So something like that could be getting a specific credential. Um, maybe that's required for the job. Another thing could be taking on a heavier project and volunteering your time during the workday a little bit more to do deeper things. And then the third thing could be that everything in your existing realm of work um, is freaking flawless to the point where you start to get the reputation of um, anticipating people's needs. So those would be kind of the three things I would recommend so that you have this foundation to go ahead and get the promotion. Um, Another version of an example, maybe a personal example, would be if you wanted to, I want to say get healthier, but that sounds a little vague. So get healthier by losing excess weight. So that could be the 80% would be the results of what your body looks like. Well, the 20% of that would be say that you don't eat processed foods anymore. You do a 30 minute daily workout of some sort. And then the last thing that you do is you get eight hours of sleep every single night. So those three things would craft the body that you're trying to achieve and would give you 80% of the results, even though you're only doing 20% of the work. Um, When I first learned about the 80-20 rule, I thought that it was almost a little bit of a scam. And I was like, well, that's just some rich people pulling some bullshit over my eyes. I didn't realize that there's actual science behind the 80-20 rule. There's actual um, like data, like hard data behind it. And, you know, that's what I got from reading the books about 80-20 rules and things like that. But I was like, okay, well, cool. It's in a book. It's tangible. There's some science and some data behind it. Sweet, right? Let's see if this shit actually works for me. Because to that point, I don't like recommending blanket cookie cutter things. I like to give you kind of baby guards or baby bumps um, as if you were bowling so that 
I keep you on track, but I don't suffocate the Jesus out of you. Um, and you have the ability to take what you're learning and apply it individually to your life so you can get your version of what you need as a result. Because the result that I might need for something is going to be drastically different than what you're needing. And I don't want you to feel that you have to do it this one particular way. Instead, I want to train you how to think, not train you what to do. So when I started reading about the 80-20 rule um, is when I had started years ago on uh, network marketing, and I never understood why the top three things you're supposed to do in network marketing is you're supposed to present the product, um, you're supposed to present uh, the opportunity to people, and you're supposed to follow up with existing clients. And I'm like, that shit's too easy. How can that make you a diamond level person? Or how can that bring in $100,000 a year? And mind you, I have friends that do exactly that. They present the product, they present the opportunity, and they follow up with existing customers to make sure that they're happy and well taken care of. And I, not, I'm not even joking. I have so many friends, it's not even funny that I can rattle off that I see them at conferences and I hang out with them and I have really fun vacations and pictures with them. And they're making 20, 30, $40,000 a month from network marketing. Specifically, not because it's just network marketing, they're making that much money because they're doing those top three things. Now, mind you, they do that shit religiously. That is their Bible, that is their gossip, gospel, not gossip, gospel. Um, and they live, eat, and breathe that stuff. They do their top three. And then once they do their top three, then they can move on to whatever the heck they want. They can start exploring how to be on Facebook a little bit more. They can figure out how to create training for their teams. They could come up with a new program with, for some clients that are asking and they want to make it more streamlined for them versus creating the thing from scratch again. But they always do those top three things before they do anything else. So that's where I got introduced to the 80-20 rule. And I was like, okay, well, if it can work for them, and I know them, they're real people, they're not mirages, um, you know, it's not some internet hype, let's see how it can work for me. So I started identifying in every single part of my life, because again, I'm a super geek, and I take everything big or go home. <laughs> um, I started identifying What's going to be my 80-20 in my personal life, in my marriage, in my relationship with all my fur babies, in my relationship with my friends and my family, in my job, in my freaking keeping up with accounting, in my health? I started, again, a, a little overboard, but to that point, if you know me or have listened to 30 episodes of this podcast, you know I like to go kind of big, right? So I started identifying what are the top three things that if I don't do anything else, or if I miss one of these three things, shit hits the fan. And mind you, it was a work in progress. Um, I don't want to lie to you and say that the first top three things I identified were amazing and I was able to knock it out of the park and I never had to reevaluate. Um, the beauty of the 80-20 rule is if you want your results to change, all you have to do is change one of your top three and your 20% rule. Um, yeah, I like to stick with three. It's my magical number. Um, some people I know have five. I think five can feel a little overwhelming. Um, I like to, and two is just not enough. Um, so I like to stick with three. Those seem to be a good foundation so that they give me the 80% of the results I want. So 
a tangible example of what my version, my beginning version of the 80-20 rule would look like would be, um, if I was in my network marketing business, would be to figure out how to present the product, present the opportunity, and follow up with any existing customers. Um, if I deviated from that at all, I didn't make a paycheck, and then therefore I wasn't happy, and I wasn't helping anyone too, so that was a real big bummer. Um, another version in the early days of learning what 80-20 meant is I started to identify the foods that just really messed up my stomach. So as much as I love milk, for example, um, milk does not love me and I would have crazy reactions to it. So learning that I wanted to have really clear skin and not have an upset stomach 24-7 meant I needed to identify the top things that affected me and gave me clear skin. Um, another version could be work. Um, this is when we had our motorcycle dealership, um, back in the day. So what we did was we noticed that if we sent out for our customers to make an income for the business and to grow the business and all that, if we sent out a email newsletter, if we posted on Facebook and if we had a menu of all of the either current sales that we were running, like promos that we were running that month or just to kind of answer the same question that every single person asked us, let's maybe make it four. If we had it, no, let me clean it up. Let's make it three. So in the motorcycle dealership that we had, we ran a weekly newsletter. It was called our VIP club, and we would promote offers, promotions, um, events, venues, things like that, two, three weeks before we would present it anywhere else. So we really made it like a VIP club. It's probably what was the beginning foundation of why I'm so obsessed with um, email marketing, and I love my email newsletters um, because... It was a way to really get a message across to people that wanted to hear it, cared about it, and know that that message was only going in email, and you did get an exclusive before everyone else saw it on the socials. So going back to the motorcycle dealership that we owned, um, we would send out a weekly newsletter that had you know some information in it, had some promos in it, and had some little VIP treats in it. Um, we would go ahead and post on social media afterwards saying, hey, this, you know, finally this promo was released out to the public. And if you had been on the VIP club, you would have learned about it two weeks ago. So we would do teasers like that on social media. And then the third thing we did that helped us grow our income and grow our business. Literally, I think we like tripled it every single year we had it um, before someone wanted our brand so much that they decided to buy it. Um, we would go ahead and we made it stupid freaking simple to have a menu showing what we did. So we had two different versions of a menu. We would have a menu of things inside the dealership itself. So we had this really huge dry erase boards. They were two humongous ones. They were screwed up to the wall. I had to use like a six foot ladder to even write on them. And one of them would have the sales for the month and the specials for the month. And the other one would be just the top and I think it was like five or six um, things that we specialized in. Um, and we had that so that when you first walked into the dealership, you knew, hey, this is what's going on this month. And B, these are the top things that they're known for. Same thing is in getting clear with that menu for our customers. We had an in-depth list of all of the types of things that we could do for a motorcycle on our website. So I didn't 
in the beginning when we had the dealership, we would get the, you know, the call, Hey, can you do a carb rebuild? Hey, can you do an oil change? Hey, can you dyno my motorcycle? And I'm thinking I cannot answer the same question over and over and over again. I'm going to go batshit crazy. So to that point, we made a whole entire section on our website talking about the carb rebuilds that we could do. We could do tires. We could do K services. We could do dyno rebuilds. We could do custom motorcycles. Oh, by the way, here's examples of all the custom builds we've done, yada, 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 yada. But it always came back to those top three things. And those top three things, because we were so clear on them, exploded our income over and over and over again. So using couple of different examples for you. Hopefully that's kind of bringing up some stuff in your brain for you to start thinking, okay, well, maybe Maggie has a point. What could be my top three things? And I would challenge you to start with the easiest part of your life. So if the easiest, breeziest thing in your life is your relationship with your significant other or your kids, for example, I would challenge you to identify what's the top three things that you have to do on a daily basis so that 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 relationship rocks it because I want you to start off small building that muscle. I don't want you to go after something that's extremely hard and it's a little too easy to get stuck in the weeds and stuck in the gray area. I want you to have an easy win. I want you to get used to identifying what are the things that actually move you forward. Used to identifying, well, if I do A, B, and C, my marriage is pretty badass and people rave about it. Um, or if I do A, B, and C, my kids are well-adjusted, they're happy, and I feel like they're moving in the direction of what, how I want to raise them. You know, things like that. So whatever is going to be the easiest win for you while you are listening to this episode, I want you to start thinking about it. And then... I want you to take that example and that experiment even further and think about what would it look like if you stopped doing one of those three things. Again, if four is the magical number for you, choose four. Don't go above five because that's just way too much. And I don't know anyone that does five different types of things that they just haven't figured out how to boil it down one more step. So no more than four, preferably. But if you stop doing one of those top three or four things, what would fall apart? And I want you to be very clear on that. So going back to the motorcycle dealership, just so you have a tangible example to you know run it through. If we had stopped having a menu, I can guarantee you the people that didn't bother to call us, but maybe they found us on Facebook or maybe they found us by Googling us, they would have not known that we could have done custom builds. They would have not known that we had a dyno and we could dyno tune a bike. They would have not known that we did a monthly special. They would have not known A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Um, so we would have made it harder for people to pay us if we had not had the menu. Um, in my personal life, let's go back to like the, I have, I think a dairy example. Yeah. I think I talked about the dairy one. Um, so let's go back to personal life. If I wanted to make sure I had clear skin and I knew my top three thing was avoiding dairy because I love it, but it hates me washing my face every single night and cleaning my makeup brushes, right? If I stop doing one of those three things, let's say I stop cleaning my makeup brushes, well, there's going to be a very clear reaction, aka I'm just going to start breaking out. I'm going to run into having hives. I'm going to have acne on my face because I stopped doing one of the three critical things that keep my skin clear. 
So I want you to like reverse engineer it and go like, okay, well, these are my top three. And if I don't do one of these top three, how bad does this shit hit the fan? And if the shit hits the fan, I'm talking like meltdown level, you know, I become, I don't know, a pizza face or something like that, you know, then not that I want you to you know, take it there. But you now know that is going to be a critical thing and it deserves a spot in the top three. Um, I don't, what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to think about all this stuff and maybe have like four or five things and you can stop doing one of the, the, I don't know, let's say it's number four on the list. You can stop doing number four out of five on the list and there's no impact because if there's no impact, then it's not one of your top three. It may be like a bonus round of something. It may be something you choose to do to bring yourself, you know, that extra 20% of the way, but it's not a critical top three. It's not going to fall into the 20% rule to give you the 80% of the results you want. So because I feel that I'm getting the vibe, even though obviously this is not live, I'm getting the vibe that you're getting this, you understand it, you're interested in the 80-20 rule. You're like, okay, well, how can I apply this to my life? You're starting to think of some examples um, where I'm going to challenge you and push you is I would like you to go ahead and think about it in the areas that are going to be First off, once you've gotten some of the easy ones out of the way and you get the muscle built, I want you to start thinking even bigger and broader. So um, we have some pretty aggressive savings goals this year. And we have a 20% rule when it comes to saving money and managing money and having money in our marriage and in our bank accounts. So think of not just, okay, my personal life, my work and my body. Um, maybe think, sorry, you've got Holly in the background trying to eat her tootsie. Um, maybe think of other areas that you want to take, you know, it from one level to the next level from there. So again, I talked about the fact that we have some pretty aggressive savings goals. Maybe it's something in regards to niching it down and you want to pay off some debt. Maybe it is an area that you want to save for a house. Um, it, let's, so let's run with that one. Cause I have one of my friends that I work with that he's trying to save for a house. And so I told them, I'm like, well, we've bought two houses. We bought our first house at 19. Um, we just bought our second house. Uh, we bought our first house at 19. We lived in it for literally 10 years. We sold it, I don't know, like four or five days after we hit the 10 year mark. And then we bought our second house, um, a couple days before Halloween of 2019. And mind you, I'm only 30, what, 30? Yeah, I'm 31. <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. So I don't say this to brag, but I say this because I and my husband have gone through the experience of owning not just one home, but two homes. And we bought our first home literally in 2008, no, 2009, in the middle of a recession. And then now we bought, you know, not in the middle of a recession. So I have two drastically different tangible examples of what it's like to buy a home. So I was talking to one of my besties at work and we were talking, well, actually we had two at one point, but one of them just bought a house, but we had two besties at work that were in the process of doing the thing to save up and buy a home. And so what we did is we told them, Hey, these are going to be the top three things that are going to be freaking critical so that you can buy a home and it can be as easy as humanly possible. It's not going to be magical per se, but it would be the least stressful, the least painful, the least costly over the long term, things like that. So the top three things we recommended when buying a home or saving up to buy a home is going to be your first thing is going to be your credit score. If your credit score 
is below a 725. Yes, trust me, I'm not trying to judge. I know that people can buy a house with a credit score below that. But here's the impact of that. You're going to have a dog trying to shake and move her collar in the middle of a podcast. No. Um, so if your credit score, what we've learned is if your credit score is below a 725, your interest rate that you are going to qualify for on your mortgage is going to be unnecessarily higher because technically you're considered a higher risk. So if you have a 725 or above, you get a better credit rating because you have a higher credit score. And so therefore the interest rate can literally be a couple of points difference. And that can mean thousands upon thousands of dollars of dogs scratching their face. Holly, stop. Um, it can mean thousands upon thousands of dollars in your mortgage costs. So the first thing we always tell people is make sure you have a 725's credit score or do whatever the hell you have to do to get it there. The second thing I always say is figure out how to save up the 20%. Now, if you qualify for a VA program or something like that, the rules will be slightly different for you. So figure out how to qualify so you don't have to pay the PM, I think it's called PMP. Um, and it's the insurance you have to pay because you couldn't come up with the 20%. Um, so now you're, again, a high risk. So you're paying unnecessary money because you're high risk until you hit the 20% of savings. And okay, take three. I, uh, you're not going to hear the scratching of puppies in the background because I just ended up kicking them out of the room. Um, let me kind of back up a step so I can get back on track. So if you were buying the house, the top three things that I would tell you to focus on again, niching the 80, 20% rule down. So you can always get results, even when you feel unmotivated, because you're not trying to do 19 billion things. You're trying to do three. Um, top three thing would be figure out how to get your credit score to a 725 or above, because it's going to give you the best bang for your buck when you go to have a lower interest rating for your mortgage, which means your mortgage is not going to be as high because you're not paying unnecessary interest because you have a bad credit score. So number two would be figure out how to do the 20% rule. So if you are 20% excluding VA people, cause I don't know the VA rules. Um, we never did a VA mortgage, but if you are doing a conventional loan, you are required to put down 20% to show that you can pay for the house. So that would lead me into number three, get extremely clear on what are the things that if you're buying that home, what are the things that are, the minimum you're willing to settle for. Not that you want, like I, I love the things of what people want and all that. I want you to dream big, but I also want you to understand, like if I had to settle for something, this is what I'm going to settle for. It's going to be blah, 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 blah. And these are my non-negotiables when I'm looking at a house. So that that could give you a really accurate range of what the pricing is going to look like. So you can take that pricing number is say, you now know a house is going to cost you, I think our first house cost us like, I don't know, like 70 something thousand. Um, mind you, this is over 10 years ago. We live in Florida, blah, blah, blah. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. But um, we were looking at a very specific type of house. We wanted this many rooms. We wanted this many bathrooms. We wanted a two car garage. 
Um, we wanted a yard for our dog at the time. We had a greyhound. So when we were looking for that, we figured, okay, the house is going to be anywhere from sixty-five dollars to $80,000. That means our mortgage is going to be X. So that means our little 18-year-old brains were smart enough to reverse the math that we need to put Y down as our 20%. And we figured out how to save up the Y for the 20%. And at 19 and 20, we are, yeah, 19 and 20, I want to say. Yeah, sounds about right. We bought our first home. So I don't say it to brag. I don't say it to do any of that. I say it to give you tangible examples so that you can take this 80-20 rule and you can literally apply it to any part of your life. And I want you to start thinking in the mindset of the 80-20 rule. So Let's go back to this podcast and me having my brand online. 20% rule would be, okay, what are my top three things? Top three things are going to be producing a podcast consistently, which I have not been the best of, but again, I'm human. Um, so produce, producing a podcast consistently, producing courses consistently, and making it really, really easy for people to pay me, to be 100% honest. Because if I'm not doing those three things, then I am making it either too hard for someone to find me, or if they find me, they can't figure out how to pay for pay me, or they can't figure out how to buy from me. And then this just makes this a bajillion times harder. And so where I want to tie all this into how to always produce results, even when you feel unmotivated, so I still go back to even on my worst days where I am freaking exhausted, my butt sleeps till noon, I am tired, and all I want to do is like lay in bed and read. Like I don't even want to get out of bed. I'll get out of bed, walk the dogs, eat something, go back into bed, and then I just want to read. So even on that most unmotivated day ever, or maybe I'm freaking sick, um, I'm one of those people that if I get a cold, like this shit takes me down. Like I'm running a crazy fever. I have to go to urgent care to get some antibiotics. I have to like self quarantine myself. So if I get sick, like I don't get like the little kind of cute colds where you're like, oh, I have some sniffles. No, I am like haggard. So if even I am like sick and haggard and fugly looking because I'm haggard and I've blown my nose a bajillion times, what are the top three things I can do? to move my life forward. And again, it could be in my job. It could be in my relationship. It could be for my health. It could be something super specific as, you know, buying a house. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, I kind of have these revolving goals in my life, but to that point, you know, I always try and only focus on the top three things that are going to get me somewhere because I don't want to waste whatever time I'm spending on something. I don't want to waste my time on shit that's not going to move me forward in life. Um, and if you haven't listened to that episode, um, it's the one in regards, and I'll have the link in the show notes, and the one, it's the one in regards of caring for your future self. I care so deeply for my future self because the future self of Maggie has a bigger business than what she has right now. She's running multiple projects and multiple income streams. She probably has kids and she still has time to read on the weekends. She still has time to take her dogs for walks. And she still has times to, you know, go have date nights with the hubs. So I don't want to waste all my time and put all this unnecessary burden on my future self by working on a bunch of things that aren't going to give me a result. So to that point, now that you actually understand the 80-20 rule and you understand why it's so important and you 
you get the relation behind that if you do these three things, you can still get results no matter how exhausted or unmotivated or sick you are. It still will magically work. Um, I want to dive into the journal prompts because I know I've gone a little bit over on length that I normally go on these podcasts. I like to kind try and keep them a little bit shorter and sweeter um, so that you don't have to set aside like 45 minutes to listen to me. So diving into the journal prompts. Journal prompt number one would be, what are the top three things that create chaos in your life if you don't do them daily? Like I, and again, I used plenty of examples in this episode. So re-listen to this if you need to, but I'm talking about like shit hits the fan level of chaos if you don't do them. So once you've done that, assuming it's a business or money related thing, um, I would ask you, are any of those three things income generating activities or if it's for your family and relationship, are they, I don't know, love producing things? Are they relationship producing things? Um, or are they just weird, magical, random fluff that you think should qualify, but it doesn't? Um, and then question number three would be, are these the, top, the same top three things that move you forward towards your goals or help your future self? So I want you to start aligning because all of us can get off track a little bit. I want you to start aligning different things so that all of the work you're doing now, whatever that is, is going to help that future version of you five or 10 or even 15 years down the road get where you want to be. So question number four would be, where do you need more support from others? And where can you outsource some of that work? So all of us have a list of crazy things that we have on our plates to do, but not all of us have to do it. So maybe that means sharing some of the tasks with your spouse. Maybe that means sharing some of the tasks with your kids, with your coworkers, dropping some of the tasks. Maybe that means you end up paying someone for some of the tasks, um, but you need to physically create that space, like physically and emotionally and mentally so that you can focus on your top three things. Question number one, two, three, four. <laughs> I should number these things. Question number one, two, three, four, five. Question number right? Question number five. Question number five is what can you do to elevate in a higher level of abundance today? Um, when people are trying to go ahead and figure out their top three things for their 80-20 rule, a lot of people will get stuck because they don't believe that they can have more in their life because they don't believe they can handle more in their life. And I am here to tell you, you can handle so much that more than you even can imagine. It's just a matter of getting clear on your priorities. So I don't want you to be negative and be like, well, my top three things would be this, but I just can't handle more. Well, what would look that look like if you could handle more? What would that look like if someone was offering free help for you? What would that look like if you magically won, I don't know, the lotto and you had like a nanny for a year so you could have two free hours a day to work on your business? What does that look like if you were in a higher level of abundance and I was a magical, you know, fairy and I could just grant you some wishes? What would that look like? Because I want you to think from that higher level of abundance, not that um, lower level of scarcity and lack mentality. And then question number six is what things can you clear off to create the space for those top three things to thrive? Um, so in my day-to-day -day job, um, I know what my top three things are. And I was talking about them with my, my coworkers today. I'm like, your top three things are blah, blah, blah. My top three things are yada, yada, yada. And throughout the entire day, 
people, I will, I'm not even joking. I'll have three and four people lined up waiting to work with me or to talk with me and say, Hey Maggie, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you make this phone call? What about this? Can you research that? Can you track this? Can you look into that? Can you receive this? And it's all of these things. And they don't all, let's say 70, 80, and even 90% of the things that people ask me don't align with my top three things that move me forward in life, move my job forward, make me a good income, yada, yada, yada. So I totally can appreciate and understand that none of us live in a vacuum and that other people will try and put their things on top of us. Um, my best recommendation for something like that is what can you do to clear off some of that space? So some of the things I do is depending on who it is, I can ask them, is this something I have to do right now or can I do it in 40 minutes? Can I do it later on today? Can I do it tonight before I leave? Um, because I still have to do A, B, and C. I haven't finished. So that is a way of clearing some space so that people know that I'm not forgetting about you. I love you. But I also have these other things that are really, really important that I have to do right now and they're time sensitive. Can I do this later on? Most of the time people will say yes, unless it's like your boss or something like that. And then now they're just changing priorities for you. So it's fine. But I want you to think of different things that you can do to clear the space. And sometimes that means physically clean your desk, um, clean your laptop up, clean your emails up, clean your systems up. Sometimes that means energetically um, releasing old patterns, old habits, old beliefs. But I want you to clear the space for those top three things to thrive. So again, I always go back to, and I say this over and over again, and I say it in a different way so that maybe the people that need to can hear it. I want you to do the things that you are here to do in the world so you can log off and then go spend time with your family and go live a life that you love and you're happy with and you can remember. I want you to create space and clear the clutter so that you can do the things you love to do. It doesn't matter how much I love working. If I could figure out how to structure my day and make you know three times the amount of income right now and read 10 hours extra a week, sign me up because holy shit, I would do that in a heartbeat. So <laughs> there's all of us that we like working. You don't listen to this podcast if you don't like working. Um, we like to produce a good income. We like to have a good impact. We like to do all of these things. But I want to have the reality that your life is not just about working. It's about spending time with your spouse, spending time with your kids, spending time with your family, your fur babies, your besties. Um, it's about traveling. It's about not feeling frantic all the time. And this is definitely a way that as we start to roll back into the world, as um, we start to learn what the new version of the world post-corona or pre-post-corona looks like, um, that we can start to get the results and we can still have the time to do the things we want to do and spend it with the people we want. So with that being said, again, if you have any questions, go over to margaretstevens.co, look for episode number 30, post them in the comments there. Or you can post them on the Facebook or Instagram post, and I will be happy to respond to you. And if you want to learn more about the 80-20 rule and the books that I was talking about earlier in this episode, again, the resources will either be in the show notes below or over at the website, and you can dive into them. To be honest, I probably read that book about every other year, so it's definitely worth your time. And with that being said, I hope you all have a fantastic day and you do something that moves you forward in life. All right, have a good one. Bye, guys. Have a burning question for me? 
Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.